somebody by the hand, if you will. We're going to pray in just a moment. prayer works so tonight I pray for those watching us via streaming tonight I hold their hand tonight I intercede on their behalf tonight I pray God for needs to be met I pray for their life to be enriched pray for their spirit to be empowered. For every person watching via stream tonight, God, I pray grace to be upon them tonight. God, you do it. As only you can tonight. For the hand that we hold tonight, strengthen them, God. Build them up on every leaning side. Father, be a way maker for them tonight. Provide for whatever they stand in need of. God, we know you're able tonight. So we pray, God, for every person we're bound to pray for. Because we know you're able tonight. You can work it out, God, like nobody else can. So tonight I ask you to work it out for those who've asked us to intercede on their behalf tonight. We pray for our spouses tonight. God, we pray for our children. We pray for our neighbors tonight. God, we pray for the church member whose hand we hold tonight. Father, we pray for singers and for musicians. Pray for preachers and ushers. We pray for deacons and elders and Father, we pray today for hospitality workers, for 
people on the parking lot. Pray for security. We even pray for those who intercede on our behalf tonight. Father, we pray for intercessors tonight. We pray for missionaries who carry the gospel. Father, protect them tonight in the name of Jesus. We pray for evangelists, God. We pray for prophets. We pray tonight for bishops all over this land, for apostles, God, we pray. And we ask, God, that you would strengthen your body. God, unify us. And we won't let doctrine and schisms and isms divide us. That we'll stand firm on your word. Father, we pray for churches planted in your name. In the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all help me intercede tonight. Father, we pray tonight, Father. For politicians, we pray. For doctors, we pray. We pray tonight for teachers. We pray for judges who sit on the bench. In the name of Jesus, God. We pray for lawyers tonight. We pray for employers tonight. We pray tonight for employees in the name of Jesus. We pray tonight for students that they might learn, God, what you've called them to learn. We pray tonight for parents that they'll be the parents you called us to be, God. We pray tonight, God, for marriages in the name of Jesus. Sanctify, God solidify God seal tonight Father in the name of Jesus we pray for principals administrators executive directors we pray God for worship directors in the name of Jesus we need you tonight God we need you tonight God we pray for police officers for sheriff departments, FBI agents, God, for CIA, we pray. Put your hedge of protection around them. Straighten out hearts tonight. Father, this is our prayer. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray tonight. Drop your neighbor's hand and give God the best praise you can. Hallelujah. Come on, we bless him tonight. We bless him. We bless him tonight. Hug your neighbor if you will tonight. Before you take your seat. Hallelujah. having some technical difficulties. Um, we can't get our monitors on. and um, So I'm going to go old school tonight. Somebody say amen. amen. Before we had monitors, all we had was our Bibles and our pads. And um, so we're just going to go old school tonight until they get it 
straight just in case they get it right. If you all can't, don't worry about it, y'all. Let's just let's focus on the word tonight. Because y'all going to distract me with all that commotion in the back. Get your Bibles out, you all. Hey, something just clicked on. Oh, that wasn't, that ain't, I got happy. All right. I just saw some light. Lord said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. All righty. I've got some smart people on staff, so I figure y'all, between now and Sunday, y'all will do something to get it right for us. If I could get you to get to open your Bibles for a moment, I want you to go to James, if you will, the book of James, James chapter 2. Book of James, chapter 2. <clears throat> and I want you to focus in, if you will, on verse 17. Verse 17. We'll um, do our best to work this. I probably won't get through all of it tonight, but we will do our best to work on it. All right. James chapter what? Oh, so I'm not streaming either. I ain't streaming either. Lord Jesus. I'm praying for the streaming people on stream. <laughs> I ain't even streaming. Y'all should have hit me on my head or something and told me. Pastor, we're not streaming. Throw some paper at me, a paper clip or something. Thank you, um, Brother Larry. <laughs> all right, but we're recording. We're recording, but not streaming. Okay, all right. All righty. What did we do before we had technology, y'all? <laughs> what I'm doing right now, huh? We didn't got so used to the technology, though. It's just like, wow. All right. All right. What chapter did I tell you all? Two. Two. I want to ask you all to look with me at verse 17. Verse 17. Chapter 2. And here's what it says. I read to you from the ESV version tonight. So we're... I'll kick in the King James every now and then. Here's what it says in verse 17. It says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You see that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. Um, King James Version, I'm going to have you all to help me tonight. King James Version, kicking in for me. Um, um, faith without works is dead. That's the King James Version. 
Someone go to the New Living Translation for me, please. New Living Translation. Okay. Use your preaching voice again, Minister Bessie. ESV, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. If you all will give me just two um, mics, give me two. One for Minister Bessie and one for Elder Hale tonight. So, all right. So now, here's what I want you to title the lesson tonight. I want you to title the lesson, Work It. Work It. That's what I want you to title the lesson tonight. Work It. All right. That's what our theme is, our subject for our lesson on tonight, Work It. Now, James shows us specifically um, the subject matter in which he, in fact, seeks to hit on right when he gets to verse 14. The subject matter before us is faith. Let the church say faith. 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 Now, James shows us specifically how faith appropriates itself in our lives. He shows us how faith appropriates itself in our life. I want you to write this down, please. If you don't mind, please note this. There is no divine intervention without human responsibility. There is no divine intervention without there being human responsibility. There is no divine intervention without there being human responsibility. What does that mean to you, anybody? What does that mean to you? If it doesn't mean anything, just tell me, it don't mean nothing. But what it means? Great. That's the Grandmama Cornbread version. Do not ask God to do what you yourself are not willing to do. Before there can be divine intervention, there has to be human responsibility. Do not ask God to do what he's already equipped you to do. Before there can be divine intervention, before I can get God to step in and work it out, I have to do my part first. There cannot be human intervention or divine intervention without human responsibility. Write this down, Elder. This is the next one I want to give to you. Please note this. Jonathan, 
God always moves according to our level of faith. God always moves according to our level of faith. God will not move beyond your level of faith. He only moves to the extent, Danielle, that you have faith to believe what you want him to do. If you don't believe God can heal you, then don't expect God to step in and heal you when you don't have the faith to believe it. God only, you all, moves according to our level of faith. Do I make sense so far? Okay, Sister Martina, before I go any further, why don't we just make sure I'm, I'm, I'm right in, in this. So let's go to Luke chapter 8, if you will. Luke chapter 8. And um, I want you to hang out around verse 43. Verse 43. Minister Bessie, if you would go there for me. Luke, I want to look at Luke 8, verses 43 through 48. I want you to see this. Now, here, here's my thought. There's no divine intervention without human responsibility. That's my premise. God only moves according to our level of what? He only moves according to our level of faith. Now, watch this familiar story, if you will. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 43. Minister Bessie. It does, whatever you give new living is great. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him, touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, the woman with the issue of blood didn't just stand there and say, Lord, heal me. She didn't just stand there and say, Lord, do it for me. No, she got on her knees and she worked her way through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and in essence, she determined not only to have faith in Jesus, but she also determined to do her part, and she was determined to work it for her own good. Please don't miss this. She knew that he could do it. She had faith that, she could, that he could do it. But her faith needed also to have works. So she made her way to where Jesus was, she saw the obstacles and the barriers, but she determined to get to him, so she 
crawled her way to get to him, and because she had faith with works, the moment she touched him, virtue went out of him and healed her. Okay, that's one instance. Let me, let me show you this other one in 2 Kings, Minister Bessie, 2 Kings, chapter 7, verse 3 through 9. 2 Kings, chapter 7, verse 3 through 9. Do not miss, you all, my premise. We cannot have divine intervention without human responsibility. If we're going to get God to move, he will only move to the level of our faith. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 through 9. Watch what it says, Deacon Reggie. Watch this. Four men with leprosy. Mm. There was a famine inside of the city. Famine inside the city. And they were starving to death. Everybody inside of the city gates were starving, a famine. However, on the other side of the gate were resources. Watch the story. Read. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Armenians. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Armenian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sound of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night abandoning their tents, their horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine. And they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Thank you, Minister Bessie. Here's a story. Please get this in a nutshell. Four leopards at the gate, starving. They are afraid to go outside the gate because the Armenian army is there. And if they go out there to confront the Armenian army, two things will happen. One, they will either kill them meaning the four leopards, or they will take them captive. They said, now, if they kill us, it's all right, because if we stay here, we're going to die anyway. But I think we ought to try to do something. So they decide to go outside of the gate. Are you with me so far? They go outside the gate, and God made it so, watch this, that the Armenian army, thought they heard a army coming after them. So they fled their horses, left their horses, left their silver, left their gold, their wine, and their food to go to the hills to save their own lives. Watch this. 
when the lepers get there, when they get there, they discover that no one is there with all of this loot. Y'all not with me. Watch this, though. Notice they did not get the loot, the wine, the, mon the, the, um, the money, the silver, the gold, the food, or the drink until they got up off of their hind parts and decided to do something for themselves. Do I make sense, Roberta? He says, listen, he's, listen, he says, I want to move you. I want to get you to a place of provisions, of divine intervention. But don't ask me to do it before you move to the place of human responsibility. Are you with me? Now, I've just given you two examples in the word of God that shows us to, to, to point that we, in fact, cannot expect there to be divine intervention without human responsibility. Now, I want to suggest to you all that many of us, Minister Flowers, want change. We want it without putting in the necessary work. Oh, God. Go ahead and slap me, y'all. I feel good tonight. This is old school for us. This is how we do it. Y'all, we want the change without putting in the necessary work. Sister Shalondas, the Bible tells us faith without works is what? It's dead. Faith without works is dead. Now, the Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing. Bible says faith, watch this, Patricia. It says faith cometh by what? And hearing by the word of God. So faith cometh by. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold, hold on. Um, work, faith without works is dead. So Deacon Larry, if I need, I need to have faith and works. The question is, how do I get both? Watch this. The word tells us faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God, which means, Roman numeral one, which means then that the word produces it. The word produces it. The word produced it. The word produced it. The word produced it. The word produces faith. Woo! The word produces faith. Please write it down for me, please. The word produces it. When you think about where faith comes from, one can conclude that it comes from the word of God. Faith cometh from hearing and hearing by the word of God, which means you all that um, faith, that it comes from the word of God. Of God. It's the word that governs our lives. It's the word that gives us direction. Which means, y'all, that they can be that there can be no faith without the word. Are you with me? There can be no faith without the word. And there can be no adequately working, y'all, without faith. You've got to have faith and works. Faith cometh by hearing, 
hearing by the word of God, which means there can be no faith without the word and there can be no adequately working it without faith or the word. I gotta have faith and I've gotta have work. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Once I get the word of God that produces it, I then have a responsibility to work it. That's my job. I have to work it. Y'all, it's, it's the word. Listen to me carefully. It is the word that produces it. It's the word that produced it. It's the word that produces. It's the word. Without the word, you cannot get started to the place of having faith and works. I need that word. The word produces it. Y'all, often people will will ask me, um, uh, where do you get the kind of boldness that um, certain things are to be possible? Where do you get that from? I remember when I was start out on Morton Street, and they said to me, that boy, he's too young to build a church. What, what does he know, Jonathan, about building a church? He's too young. I came to Carolina when I was 22 years of age, 22 years old. That's when I got here, 22 years old. What, what does he know? So I start leading out people, telling them we got to build. place was too small for what God was going to do for us, so we got to build, we got to build, we got to build. And they said, well, you know, at, we got into the process, and folks start saying, he ain't going to do it. Sold the church, he still ain't going to do it. Moved us out to Maryland, he's not going to do it. Even after we got the building built, this is what they said, he ain't going to keep it closed. I mean, keep it open. He ain't, church closed down. Church closed down. But, but, but the problem was, I didn't take their word for it. I utilized what word the Lord gave to me because the word of God is what gave me the audacity to believe that certain things are possible. And my response to them simply was, y'all, the word of God said so because the word of God can produce it. Now, not only does the word of God produces it, produce it, but the word also performed it. The word produced it, but the word also performed it. Are you with me? I probably will not get through much more of this because our time is already gone. But, but um, the, word, the word produced it. The word produced it. Our works performed it. Your works performed it. The word produced it. Your works performed it. Y'all, it's one thing to get a word, but it's another thing to work it. Sister Colette, please get this tonight. It's, it's one thing to get a word, but it's another thing to work, to work that which you've gotten. It's one thing, y'all, to get a word, but it's another thing to work it. Working it or working is what performs the word. I'll do that again for you. The working is what performs the word, what performs the word. Once you receive a word, it then becomes ours to put that word 
into practice. We've got to be able to exercise that word by faith. It's my job to work the word that I receive from God. It becomes my job to exercise that word by faith. See, too many of us have received the word from God, but we've not exercised that word by faith. I'll give you a classic case and example. When I, um, um, I was ready to point to the aquarium, but I forgot it's down. Um, um, I announced to you all that the Lord had challenged me, given me the, um, the, 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 the green light to announce to you all that we can believe God. Watch this. For 100 souls to be saved. We're at number 57 now. Okay? Now, y'all, back when we announced this, though, we were nowhere near halfway there. Now, we got about two more months to go, and, and, and the evidence will make you want to believe that we're not going to be able to get there. But check this out, y'all. The faith that we ought to have got us to the place of being over half there. So the question is tonight, do we have enough faith to take us over the hump? Now, I know I've got some non-believers in here tonight because you all think that this is just some kind of ritual that we're going through, you know, but you don't understand. Faith, that word that God gives unto us helps to produce it. Then, once you get the word that helps to produce it, you now have to do the work to perform it. The work helps the word come to life. When God gets united with our faith and his word, God speaks and stuff happens. So one day God can save 20 folk. Look at you. You look at you. You don't even believe it. I said, one day, 20 people can walk down this aisle at one time and take us from 55. What's 20 to 55? Uh, 75? Thank you. 75 folk. Now, all you need is 25 more. Do y'all follow what I'm saying? It's got to be faith and works. Are you with me? Faith and works works. Let me see if I can make this live. Um, go over to Luke 5 for me, y'all, if you don't mind. Luke chapter 5. Start at verse 1. I'm going to run through it. In Luke 5, the Bible tells us there were two empty boats. How many? What kind of boats? Empty. There were two empty Boats. Jesus gets to the shore. When he gets to the shore of Galilee, he sees two empty boats of the fishermen who caught nothing, caught nothing after working all night. Now, I need you all to know that when you get there, you'll see this the passage. Please go there, Luke 5. I need you to know that Jesus is not there by accident. He's not there by, yo, he's there on purpose. I'm in Luke 5, chapter 1. Just work through 1, 2, 3. I'm going to go all the way down to verse 6 or 7. But I want you to see this. He's not there by accident. Jesus is there on purpose. He's got a strategy in place for the empty 
He's got a strategy in place for the empty because he shows up for empty people. I want to suggest tonight that if you are empty, if you are empty, then you are a candidate for the Lord of Lords and King of Kings to show up in your situation. Watch this, Danielle. Not only did he show up, he showed up for the empty. Please don't get this. He got in what was empty. He spoke from what was empty and then filled what was empty. God, y'all, I need you to know this. I don't care how you feel tonight. God has not forgotten you. He's getting ready to show up right where you are. He's not going to show up um, just to be showing up, but he's coming with a purpose to get right in the middle of what you're dealing with. Watch this. He goes in, he goes in, empty boats. One of the boats belonged to Simon, who we know as Simon Peter, who had been fishing all night and caught absolutely nothing. All right? Because he had been fishing all night, caught nothing, Bible tells us, y'all, he's frustrated. He's messed up. He's tired. He's washing his nets. Jesus shows up, and, and he says to him, I need you to let me use your boat for teaching. Peter agreed. When Jesus finished teaching, he then gave Peter a word. God. I said, y'all, when, when, when Jesus gets through teaching, he gives unto Peter a word. He gives him a word. Watch this. He then says, I need you to um, go out a little deeper. He tells them, I want you to cast your net on the other side. Y'all see this? Now, he, listen, I need you to know that uh, if you are, if you're going to, if you will obey Jesus and follow his word, y'all, he'll be with you in your working. If you obey him and follow his word, he'll be with you in your working. If you are with Jesus in his teaching, he'll be with you in your fishing. Mm. If you're with him in your teaching, he'll be with you in your fishing. If you obey him and follow him, y'all, he'll be with you in your working. When you do what Jesus says, he'll move you to overflow. Watch this. Now, he tells him, I need you to um, launch out into the deep. I want you to go a little further out. Now, I, I need you to know that um, it's a risk involved. I know it's risky. I, I know you can drown in deep waters. I know you can be embarrassed going out in deep waters, but, but you, you've got to be willing to take some risk. Ah, oh, God, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but you've got to be willing to take some what? You've got to be willing to do your part. You've got to do your part. And see, y'all, you got to know this. Most of the miracles of Jesus requires participation. The person who benefits from the miracle has to participate in the miracle. Are you with me? 
And if you're not willing to participate in the miracle, Jesus is not willing to let you benefit from it. I, I know y'all don't believe me, so I, I want to I give you all some scriptures. To take, just write it down. Take it back with you. Listen, I said, if you don't participate in the miracle, you're going to miss out on the miracle. You've got to do your part before divine intervention can come down. You can't ask God to save your child and you refusing to do what you need to do to get your child saved. Are you with me? Y'all, watch this. Pastor, are you sure? Okay. He tells the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. Write it down. Matthew 12, verse number 13. He says, hey man, you with the withered hand, I want to heal you. But stretch your hand first and then watch me heal you. you. You didn't like that one, okay? How about this one? He tells the 10 leopards over in Luke chapter 17, verse 14, he tells them, go show yourself to the priest. And as you do what I told you to do, the closer you get to doing it and fulfilling what I asked you to do, your healing will come forth because God says, I want to give you the miracle, but I can't give you the miracle without your participation. I can heal you, but I need you to walk towards your healing. Y'all ain't listening to me. Okay, you didn't like that. How about this one, y'all? He tells the blind man over in John chapter 9, verse 7. He says, I want to heal you, but I'm going to first ask you, to go to the pool of Siloam and wash there. You wash, do what you can do first, and I promise you, you're going to come back seeing. Man, I wish I had some believers in here. Okay, how about the, um, he tells the servants who were at the wedding, of, of the wedding, he said, hey, hey, I'm going to change this water into wine. But here's what I want you to do first. Fill the water pots. Are y'all hearing me? Fill the, y'all, fill the water pots. He tells the disciples over here in our passage that we're looking at in Luke, he tells them, cast your nets on the other side, launch out into the deep, and watch you come back with a drop. Man. Y'all, you've got to know that you have to do your part. Now, now, y'all, Peter said, look, look at verse 4. Um, Peter, he agreed, and Jesus finished teaching. He gave Peter a word. Go out where it's deeper. Let down your nets. That's verse 4. Peter said in verse 6, we worked hard. He got a word from God. Verse 6, he says, listen, um, we worked all, we worked hard all last night. Didn't catch anything. But nevertheless, watch this, at your word, I'll let down my nets. At your word, listen, I'll work it. Because I tried to do this on my own. But, but, but the difference is, I got your word now. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the what? Yo, I got your word now. I got your word now. So I'm going to take the word 
and I'm going to work it. No matter what, what it was, y'all, regardless to, of the past circumstances, regardless to what the barriers were in the past, I, I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to work it because I got a word from God. God can give me a word to go back and fight for my marriage. Give me a word to go back and fight for my career. God can give me a word to tell me to go back and take the test again and watch me pass. God will give us a word, but you got to work it. And just sit back and expect what you asking God for to fall out the sky. You got to work it. I'll give you all point three next week if the Lord delays his coming. Um, but you got to work it. His word produces it. Your work performs it. I'm sorry. I got the wrong crowd. I'm going to do it again. His word produces it. Your work performs it. Shoot, man. His word produces it. Your work performs it. God. I'm going to give you point three just so you can have it. If, 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 just in case you die between now or I check out of here between now and next Wednesday, you can at least say you got it all. Watch this. If his word produces it, your work performs it, then guess what? His will proves it. His will proves it. God have mercy. Stay tuned to next week. Meet me back here. I promise you I'll give you the rest of it. His will produces it. His will will prove it. His word produces it. Our work performs it. And his will proves it.